Disney to Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we got to go back and redo our Genie Plus episode, so we update you on all the tips that are still working. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we really appreciate if you leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered for bonus content, or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Email Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net to get started today. If you have any questions or topics for the podcast, connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook and Instagram pages, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. We recorded our Advanced Genie Plus Tips episode, episode 196, and that, Leslie, stayed relevant for about seven days, which we will discuss in next week's episode is not the quickest an episode of ours has become irrelevant. But unfortunately, we've had to throw a lot of those tips in the trash. Leslie, how did you feel about all that work we did just being completely obviated in seven days? Oh, Joe, it was just so disappointing and so frustrating (laughs) to see those changes come so fast. You know, especially a lot of folks I know were hoping to hack it before the Thanksgiving week. And you also had written a blog post that we were getting ready to put up on Trips with Tykes and turned it into me. I edited it. And the next morning, right before it was about to go live, everything changed. So incredibly frustrating. But the truth is that Genie Plus is probably now working the way it was intended to work. These loopholes were the typical Disney IT errors, I presume, and we were able to exploit them. And it was good while it lasted, but could not last. Indeed, indeed. Disney broke our hearts, but what keeps our hearts full is we've had a lot of people recently join our Patreon to support us. You can find us at patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you can support us for bonus content. And there are so many, Leslie, that we're going to need to split it up over a couple of episodes. Today, we want to thank Kirby L, Megan F, and Shaka C. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it does truly make our hearts full, especially during this holiday season. So thank you so much to you and all of our patrons. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting. It continually amazes me how much we've grown over these years. I appreciate it. Yes, don't spoil next week's episode. But uh, yeah, we are here to talk about Genie Plus. So basically what we decided to do is we've had a couple of episodes about Genie Plus, but so much changed that... You know, we're hoping, knock on wood, that episode 199 is going to be our definitive Genie Plus episode that will last for at least one month, Leslie, this time. So we're going to go over what's changed really quickly, and then we're going to consolidate all our tips and strategies all into this episode and talk about a little bit about how we would use Genie Plus for each park. Let's get to it, Leslie. We've beat around the bush enough. What are the big changes? What did Disney take away that we were hacking back in episode 196? All right, so back in 196, we were talking about a long list of qualifying events. And we learned that anytime one of those qualifying events happened, you were eligible for another lightning lane. And you basically had exponential growth of your Genie Plus bookings. You were doubling and tripling your bookings and, you know, getting more rides reserved than, you know, you really could even necessarily do if you were playing your cards right. And that has ended. There is no 
more exponential growth. There is no more turning one lightning lane into two or three. It's really just uh, you're getting one at a time. Now, that doesn't mean that stacking is dead, and I guess we should talk about that, but you're really only getting one every 120 minutes, or you're getting one every time you tap into an attraction that is booked for less than 120 minutes. Some of those other qualifying events, they still happen. Like if you cancel your Genie Plus Lightning Lane, you can make a new one. Or if you have a ride breakdown on you and you're given a multiple experiences pass, you should be able to book a new Genie Plus Lightning Lane. However, this 120-minute thing is kind of the bottleneck. Unless you're immediately tapping into an attraction that's happening in less than 120 minutes, you're not going to be getting, you know, all these exponential exponential growth, as you so well put, of the lightning lanes, which is a bummer. But like you said at the top, probably how Genie Plus was intended to be in the first place. Now, stacking, like you said, Leslie, if you define stacking as the ability to have two Genie Plus lightning lanes at around the same time, you can still do that. You're still able to get multiple rides all within the same time window so that you can go ride to ride to ride, especially in the afternoon. However, you're just not going to be able to get as many lightning lane allotments as I got on my trip and as people were getting for the first month and a half of Genie Plus. Yeah, that's right. It's still possible. And, and most people will be holding at some point in their day just because of when the return times run out. They'll be holding more than one lightning lane booking in the future. So it's still not one at a time. I at least am taking some solace in that. And, you know, there are still, like you said, those little things about like multi-experience fast passes and making the most of those. But I mean, this changes the strategy a lot, at least for me in some parks. I don't know if it changes anything in Hollywood studios. We'll talk about that later. But this does does change the strategy because this means you want to be moving through things fast if you can, right? Back in the day when you wanted to get through your three fast pass plus allotments as soon as possible so you could start making more for that fourth rolling fast pass one at a time, it's the same concept to me. You really want to get that first Genie Plus Lightning Lane for most parks. And we're going to go park by park at the end of this episode. But for most parks, you want to get that Genie Plus Lightning Lane done immediately so that you can immediately book a next one and just keep using them as quickly as possible. Just to be perfectly clear, we just want to say that like under the new system, not the new system, probably the system as was always intended, when you're waiting 120 minutes past park open, if you remember in episode 196, we said you could wait until say 11 o'clock, book another lightning lane, and then ride your attraction and then book a third lightning lane basically you can't do that anymore if you wait until after 11 to ride your first lightning lane you're not going to be able to book two off of that one original lightning lane allotment it kind of works the way that you would think it's supposed to work which is why we're mainly recommending now for the majority of parks you just want to be using lightning lanes as quickly as possible so that you can keep getting more and maximize the number of lightning lanes you can get during a day I think there'll be some asterisks that we want to add to that. I guess that's a good segue for us to dive into the new tips and strategies that currently work. Yeah, so I think we'll start with the first strategy, if we haven't said it enough times in the last three minutes, is really to, if you can, book your first lightning lane for as early in the park day as possible so that once you do that attraction, you can book the next one and then the next one and the next one, trying to get through as many lightning lanes as possible in the first half of your day and mixing them in with standby wait times that are low in the mornings. I think that's a way to still be really efficient 
efficient in the first couple hours of your day, get on maybe four, five, six rides before you need to break for lunch. So that's kind of the first tip that we'd have. We're just going to go through these tips and strategies pretty quickly with just some short commentary on each. So what's the next one, Leslie? So the next one, of course, is to prioritize the lightning lanes that will run out early in the day. And we'll talk about this in depth park by park, but we've talked about it plenty. Slinky Dog Dash, Hollywood Studios, for example, is gone for the most part before you have a chance to be eligible for a second lightning lane for the day. So you really have to understand what's going fast and understand how crowds can affect that and make sure you're booking what you want to be booking before it runs out or I guess have another strategy to ride it like rope drop or end of the night or something like that. So that's uh, really important to the overall strategy. Definitely. And then our next tip is, this is kind of more of a technical tip. You'll notice, especially if you're going to somewhere like the Magic Kingdom, that if you look at your tip board, there are like 20 plus attractions. And if you're trying to get a lightning lane, especially early in the morning at 7am, you really want to not have to scroll through an entire list of attractions when you're trying to choose your lightning lane. Because how fast you choose that lightning lane is going to affect, you know, like we said, you want to get as early of a lightning lane as possible. Well, Scrolling for 10 seconds is going to put you behind the eight ball, behind the curve to get that. So the next tip that we have for you is use Disney Genie, like the Disney regular Genie, to personalize your day. The night before, you're going to want to pick two or three of the most important attractions, the ones that you really want to get that first lightning lane for. Pick them in My Genie Day and then... In the morning, when you go to your tip board, those are going to be at the top of your tip board, which is going to make it easier for you to find them and choose that lightning lane to start off with. Yes, that's true, Joe. And for those of you who you know have gotten very experienced at doing the virtual queues at Disney parks, this is the same kind of concept. You want to have the IT totally geared up to be as fast as possible. If you're trying to get that 10 a.m. or earlier slot for Slinky Dog Dash, you've got to be one of the first people through, just like you were one of the first people through for Rise of the Resistance when it had a virtual queue. This is about really maximizing your IT setup so you're clicking a split second faster than everybody else. Kind of a corollary to this tip is with Lightning Lane, we've talked before about practicing my Disney experience at home with virtual queues and stuff like that. You can do the same exact thing with Lightning Lane. You can even click through to try to get a Lightning Lane, even if you don't have a park reservation, don't have a park day. Play around with your app, practice your fast finger, and practice refreshing that tip board so that you are ready to get that Lightning Lane when you get there. Now, the one thing that you can't do, ironically, without a park reservation is pre-choose the attractions in my day, which is really ironic since Disney Genie doesn't cost any money. However, you can scroll to the tip board and try to click on lightning lanes. So go ahead and do that. This is a good time to talk about some of the strategies we have for refreshing lightning lanes. I'll first talk about the one that you can do even if you have not purchased Genie Plus, aren't in the parks, don't have park reservations, like it's just what you can practice at home. Let's say you want to ride Slinky Dog Dash really badly. What you can do is before 7 a.m., click on Slinky Dog Dash. When you click on that, it'll pull up something describing the ride and there you will see an LL Lightning Lane icon. Now, if you click on that Lightning Lane icon or press on that Lightning Lane icon with your finger, it will reload your tip board, but it will reload it with Slinky Dog Dash at the top of your tip board. So that's how you can quickly refresh your tip board to check for 
lightning lane return times. And if you're doing this at 7 a.m., you know, you really want at 6.59.59 a.m. to click the LL button at that time. And then Slinky Dog will show up at the top of your tip board with your Genie Plus return time right there. And so even though you can't actually book that return time, you, you can still practice the process. All right. So very important to get familiar at home beforehand. Uh, I guess I had the advantage of being able to do that when you were at the parks, Joe, because I was playing along at home in your account, which was great. Thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. Now, the other thing that's good to know about the lightning lanes is when you're actually in the parks and choosing lightning lanes, let's say you get a time that you don't like, you do not have to confirm that time. You can go back one screen and then try to get a different time. Now you're risking losing out on the time that you had held and being stuck with the worst time. But if you want to mess around with times, try to get a better time, you can do that. And I did that while I was at the parks in November and you can still do that. Now that is of course something you can't practice unless you actually have Genie Plus and are in the parks. Now, Leslie, you have always pushed the importance of having multiple phones. So do you want to tell us what tips we have for a two or three phone morning strategy? So it's just really important with the IT hiccups that Disney always has to have a backup. (laughs) And the backup is someone else on a phone, maybe a, a third person on a phone. You really do need to have more than one phone working the system just to make sure. I mean, somebody's app could crash. This happened to a friend of mine who was in the parks this past week, and he lost out every morning exactly at seven o'clock because he had to restart his app and get the little code and log back in. And then a minute had passed. Really important to have two different phones trying. And you can have two different phones trying for the same ride on Genie Plus. And if you're also trying to purchase individual Lightning Lane, you might want to have, you know, multiple phones, one person going for that purchase, another per- person going for a Genie Plus attraction or two people going for the Genie Plus attraction. I mean, especially important if it's, say, Slinky Dog Dash, which is really super fast, or if you're there, say, on Christmas Day when it's going to be incredibly in demand. So, I think it's just really important if you're a two adult family or if you have teens who are really tech savvy, train them all. And my husband has been trained because of the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue at Disneyland. So I'm looking forward to putting him to work on this. And I think I could probably train my 12-year-old too, Joe. Yeah, and if you have an iPad or a computer, you can use that to make sure you get the times right. I use my iPad usually for time.gov to be able to sync up and watch the world clock and refresh it exactly the right split second. One of the things that we really need to note, and it's super important to know, you cannot book any Genie Plus Lightning Lanes or individual attraction Lightning Lanes via your computer. It is app only. So it bears repeating. You really want to log in, make sure you're logged in at 6.55 a.m. Otherwise, you don't want at 7 a.m. My Disney Experience to ask you to re-log in. And for some reason, when you are at the parks, it asks you to log in way more than it does when you're playing around at home. Make sure you're logged in so that you don't have to worry about it at 7 a.m. Because also, for some reason, when you're at the parks, they send you that confirmation code to your email, which takes even more time. That two minutes is going to really cost you for booking these lightning lanes, especially the hot ticket ones. Now, one thing that is still working and that I still plan to do is stacking from outside of the park, whether that means being at your hotel for a pool day in the morning or if you're flying in on a given day. Leslie, let's do a quick review. How can we do two-hour stacking if we plan to only be in the parks in the afternoon? At its most basic level, what you're doing is you're making your first Genie Plus selection at 7 a.m. And if park opening is 9, you're making your next one at 11 a.m. 
a.m. and you're making another one at 1 p.m., et cetera, et cetera. Every 120 minutes, you're making a selection and you're making sure you're getting times in the afternoon. That's sometimes easy to do with, say, a ride like Slinky Dog Dash where the return times get pushed into the afternoon very quickly, but it's not always easy to do depending upon what you want to ride. So there is a little hack that you discovered, Joe, which is you can make your reservation for a different park that morning and Genie Plus will sense that you don't have a morning reservation for the park that you're planning to go to that afternoon and it will only give you return times that are 2 p.m. or later that will be available to you as someone park hopping. Then you can ideally switch your reservation later in the day to the park you actually plan to enter. This of course doesn't work when parks are sold out during very very busy times but most of the time it works right? Yeah, so if you're not there at a super busy time and you want to just want to take the morning off or if you're flying in at like 11 a.m. or something like that, you can just stack all of your lightning lanes at around 2 p.m. So you can just enter that park at 2 p.m. and then just ride, ride, ride. Just to reiterate, you're going to have to switch your park reservation to the park that you actually want to go to. So to make this concrete with Hollywood Studios, which is the park to do this at, at 7 a.m., I get Slinky Dog Dash for like 2.30 p.m. or something like that. I plan to go to Hollywood Studios in the afternoon and stack as many lightning lanes as I can. So I make a park reservation for, say, Animal Kingdom. And then at 7 a.m., when I book Slinky Dog Dash, it's going to give me a time of 2 p.m. or later. Then... At 11 a.m., which is two hours after Hollywood Studios opens, because it seems like Genie Plus will consider your park opening from whichever park you book your first lightning lane at. So even though you have Animal Kingdom reserved, it doesn't give you one at 10 a.m. It gives it to you at 11 a.m. because your first lightning lane was Slinky Dog in Hollywood Studios. But then at 11 a.m., I book another lightning lane. But again, it's going to be after 2 p.m. in Hollywood Studios because I'm technically park hopping to Hollywood Studios. And then at 1 p.m., I do the same thing. By the 1 p.m. hour, you could probably have already switched your park reservation to Hollywood Studios because by 1 p.m. you're probably getting afternoon return times at Hollywood Studios. After you've stacked a few lightning lanes at Hollywood Studios, you switch your park reservation to Hollywood Studios, go straight to Hollywood Studios, skip Animal Kingdom. As long as there's reservation availability, the strategy works very smoothly. Amazing, Joe. Always love it when a plan comes together. Similar to this, we do want to remind you that it is really important to remember to continue to book lightning lanes when you're on a lunch break or on a pool break in the middle of the day. Let's say you went with the rope drop lightning lane strategy. You got a lightning lane for as early as possible in a park and you just kept getting lightning lanes as quickly as you could. When you take a break for lunch, make sure you remember to book at least that one lightning lane that you'll be allotted after two hours. But if you have small kids, you might be out of the parks for like five hours. So don't skip the two lightning lanes that you can get from those two hour windows during that five hour break. Make sure you keep stacking lightning lanes for your evening during your lunch or afternoon break. Very important. And I think it's really easy to forget this. I mean, I, I remember this from my Max Pass days at D Disneyland. I'd often not be paying attention and realize, oh gosh, I was eligible 15 minutes ago and that's 15 minutes you can't get back. So this is really important. Set alarms on your cell phone. I think this is the great way to, you know, help you remember, you know, it's easy to forget when you're booking five and 10 of these a day, you know, when you're eligible again. So just as soon as you make one reservation, set the alarm for two hours later or for the time that you're planning to tap into the attraction if it's less than two hours later. Just don't forget that because you're missing out on some rides if you let 15 minutes go to waste every time you're eligible again. 
Yeah, with everything that's going on in the theme parks and plus all the social media you're probably doing, it's very easy to forget. So definitely set that timer. Now, our last tip is in regards to multiple experiences passes. Like we said, if an attraction breaks down, you'll probably be given a multiple experience pass, which is good for multiple attractions in the park. The example I used when I was on my trip in November was I booked Living with the Land. Living with the Land for some reason broke down. Maybe some guests fought over an eggplant or something. Who knows? So I got a multiple experiences pass, which was good for living with the land, spaceship earth random stuff like the pixar short thing that's great if you plan to stay in the park but what if you're planning to park hop well if you get a multiple experiences pass but you're leaving the park or you're park hopping or it's the end of the night go to one of those blue umbrellas one of those guest experience teams they should be able to make that multiple experience pass good for a different park or if it's really late at night towards the end of the day they might even be able to give you the multiple experience pass for the next day which is of course a great way to start any day at disney world All right, Joe, let's get moving along to some strategies for each park. We promised that as well. So should we start with Magic Kingdom? Yeah, so let's start with Magic Kingdom. Now, as of right now, and we're not sure if it's because it's the Jingle Cruise, but the attractions that you really want to get those first landing lanes for are Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan. Those are the ones that sell out the fastest. After that, Splash Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain are kind of a bit of a toss-up, but even those, you you can get in the early afternoon for later in the day. Am I missing any, Leslie, or is Jungle and Peter Pan really the main ones you want to get? Yeah, I think that's about it for now. Of course, you know, things coming in and out of fashion, so that could change. So stay tuned, I guess, once the Jingle Cruise retires to see how that shifts. Now, your strategy for Magic Kingdom is Magic Kingdom Morning Mad Dash trademark trips with tykes. Is it not so? Tell us a little bit about how you would handle Magic Kingdom with Genie+. Plus. So this is just like I used to handle MaxPass at Disneyland. I mean, the key is just to move through as many attractions as you possibly can as fast as possible before the return times get pushed later in the day. And this is most possible at Magic Kingdom because Magic Kingdom is the park that has the most attractions on Genie+. Plus. So the return times aren't getting immediately pushed out to, say, 2 p.m. or 5 p.m. or, or disappearing. So the key really is... You know, of course, you still want to rope drop something and go through a standby line that's really short. You probably want to do two or three rides standby, especially if you have early theme park entry. But you want to be able to scan into a ride. If Magic Kingdom is open at 9 a.m., you want to be scanning into a ride with Genie Plus probably by 9.30. I mean, maybe, maybe pushing it till 10. But you want to then be scanning into a ride so that you can be booking that next return time. And ideally, you're booking an e-ticket attraction for that, you know, 9.30 slot because those return times will get pushed later in the day very quickly. So you you would like to get Jungle Cruise if you could, for example, or Peter Pan. So you got to be fast with those fingers first thing in the morning at 7 a.m. and refresh those as fast as possible to get that early time. But then the second attraction you're booking probably isn't going to be a, a headliner headliner. It's going to be a D-ticket attraction, you know, one that has a return time that maybe only starts 20 or 30 minutes later. And then you're just going to dash through these, these attractions. You're going to look what has a close-in return time say no more than 30 minutes from now i'm gonna book it i'm gonna ride the ride and i'm gonna move on to the next one i'm gonna tap in book the next one you know with max pass i used to be able to get through in a morning i mean goodness sometimes seven eight attractions if i was moving fast enough of course back in those days you could repeat attractions and you can't do that anymore but it's entirely possible as long as it's not too crowded to really get through a lot of rides in the magic kingdom in the morning 
Yeah, now, I'm not sure how you feel, Leslie. Like we said, you want to prioritize trying to get Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan first at 7 a.m., but if at 7 a.m. I could only get an afternoon return time for Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan, I might let those two attractions go for the day and switch to a different attraction so that I can do this morning mad dash because if I get Jungle Cruise for, say, 1 p.m. at 7 a.m., if I can only book Jungle Cruise for 1 p.m. at my 7 a.m. Lightning Lane allotment, then I'm waiting around until 11 a.m. before I can book a second Lightning Lane. I'm still waiting till 1 p.m. for Jungle Cruise. I just don't think that's worth it. It's just too inefficient in my mind. So I think that if I were to get that 1 p.m. Jungle Cruise Lightning Lane at 7 a.m., I'd probably cancel it and book something else. You'll probably still get Splash Mountain at 10 a.m. at that time, you know, as long as it's before like 7.05 a.m. or something like that. That's probably what I would do. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I would too, because of course you can, if you have early theme park entry, head straight to Jungle Cruise or Peter Pan. You can use that time to get one of those headliners without a long standby wait, as long as you're ready to go for Rope Drop in the morning. Or Rope Drop Astro Orbiters, because that's the only time there'll be no line. Just kidding. <laughs> that, that I mean, I love that attraction, but it makes me nauseated. So uh, I feel like the rocket's going to fly off. All right, so let's move on to probably the most problematic park for Genie Plus Hollywood Studios. Now, it's problematic because if you use Genie Plus well, it's amazing. But if a couple things don't break your way, it feels like a waste of money almost at Hollywood Studios. So talk to us about the Hollywood Studios strategy. All right, so you got to be booking Slinky Dog Dash at 7 a.m., not a split second later, you know, a lot of days to be able to get a reservation at all. If you want to get that early morning, you've got to have fastest finger for sure on Slinky. And this really, you know, everybody's going for Slinky Dog Dash. So I think this might counsel long term in favor of a strategy of just letting Slinky Dog Dash go and using early entry to ride it. But, you know, that's not always going to be available. And it is a, a mad dash in the morning to just physically get to the front of that rope drop in Hollywood Studios. I mean, that's the one where folks are probably elbowing each other the most and people are either going one of two places. They're going to Rise of the Resistance or they're going to Slinky Dog Dash. So you have to think carefully about your strategy here. I mean, I think I still would try to get that early Slinky Dog Dash with Genie Plus. And if it's not possible, then then make the rope drop in that direction. And then the second most popular ride at Hollywood Studios is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Maybe you want to make that your first selection and you can get a really good morning return time to sort of try to do a little bit more of a mad dash. But, but Hollywood Studios is hard, Joe. I mean, this is, like you said, the problem park. Return times are getting pushed into the afternoon very, very quickly. It's really hard to do a lot of rides in a short period of time there. I mean, there aren't even a lot of rides to do, right? Yeah, and it's pushing into the afternoon even on moderate crowd days. Over Thanksgiving, it was really crazy. Like Tower of Terror would be sold out by noon over Thanksgiving. So on super busy days kind of forget about it. If you're going to use Genie Plus at Hollywood Studios, you really kind of want to have a park hopper. Although I did have a client who did a pretty good job, but still, it is very hit or miss. Uh, and if, like I said, if a couple of things don't go your way, all of a sudden you feel like Genie Plus isn't worth it at all. Now, on a moderate 
level crowd day. I really prefer thinking of Hollywood Studios as an afternoon park with that morning stacking that we talked about before. Just because at 7 a.m. I only need to get a Slinky Dog reservation. I'm not, I don't need to be super stressed about how early it is. If you book Slinky Dog at 7 a.m., but you get a 1 p.m. return time, all of a sudden you got to decide like, do I want this 1 p.m. return time or do I want to get through as many lightning lanes as I can in the morning at Hollywood Studios? So that's a tough decision there. For me, if I'm just using doing Hollywood Studios in the afternoon, then I'm not as stressed about that. And also, I'm at the point in my life where I can let Slinky Dog go and ride the rest of the attractions at Hollywood Studios and probably be perfectly happy. Now, one thing you could do is let Slinky go, rope drop, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, because that's probably one of the less crowded attractions at Rope Drop because everyone runs the Slinky or Rise of the Resistance. Then just buy Rise of the Resistance individual Lightning Lane access and go from there. So that's another strategy that you can try for Hollywood Studios. But the reality is... We can give you general tips for Hollywood Studios, but you really, day to day, it's just so different what you might be experiencing that you have to really have a plan for what you want to hit and then be able to be flexible and play it by ear. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to Epcot, which I think we both agree is the park you are least likely to need Genie Plus because there are just so few attractions. I mean, you aren't really going to Epcot to ride a lot of rides. You're going to see the countries and do some of the experiences and see some of the shows, et cetera, et cetera. So I almost think most people should be skipping it. I mean, that said, I'll probably buy it (laughs) because, you know, that's what I do. But, I mean, you're really only buying it to get Test Track and Soarin' and and maybe Mission Space. Is that fair? Not even Soarin', because at the end of the night, you can probably ride Soarin' with a pretty decent line. I'm going to say this. Either you have Genie Plus for the length of your ticket, so you have it at Epcot, or you have a Park Hopper and you have Genie Plus so that, you know, you can park hop to Epcot or something like that. But if I was on a one park per day ticket and I was going to Epcot, I would not buy Genie Plus. Full stop. End of story. I would try to rope drop test track or Soren, Probably Soren because I prefer it. And I would get that Remy's virtual queue at 7 a.m. and try to fast finger it so I get a super early virtual queue. But then after that, I'm not at Epcot again to ride the attractions and I can afford to wait till later in the night, later in the day when the attraction lines die down. Living with the land... Spaceship Earth, even Mission Space, Grand Fiesta Tour, which I know is not on Genie Plus, but that's another attraction. Journey into Imagination, if you want to ride that. At various points during the day, those are all walk-ons. So what do I really need Genie Plus for? Especially if you're going to spend all day at Epcot eating and drinking and enjoying yourself. I really feel like you can let Epcot go for Genie Plus. Maybe save that money and apply it to buying individual Lightning Lane at Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios on a different day. Exactly. Or I guess in your case, if you have a frozen obsessed child, use it to buy individual lightning lane for frozen ever after. Uh, I should never have taken her on that ride because she's she's like already talking about it. And I'm like, am I going to be forced to like buy this? I just I, I cannot. Let's move on. All right. So the fourth park, Animal Kingdom, what strategy do you think folks need to be using? I feel the same way about Animal Kingdom as I do about Epcot. Maybe save your money on Genie Plus for Animal Kingdom and use it to buy individual lightning lane for flight of passage if you want or you can even rope drop flight of passage but you can rope drop flight of passage if you get there early enough i guess this is assuming you have early theme park entry because you're staying at a disney hotel or a partner hotel but like i talked about in my trip report i did flight of passage navi river journey and kilimanjaro safaris all before nine o'clock after those three all the other attractions you can pretty much get on whenever you want. Expedition Everest is not going to be longer than like a half hour wait by the time you get to the afternoon. And Animal Kingdom is like clearing out by the afternoon anyway. Rides like Kali River Rapids 
or a dinosaur, they're not going to have huge lines at various points during the day. So I really don't think you need Genie Plus for Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I totally agree. And I might add to that. I mean, if you do have some extra money burning a hole in your pocket, I think you're better off using it for individual lightning lane for flight of passage and and rope dropping it and then riding it again with individual lightning lane and doubling up that way. Yeah, riding it twice. That's a that's a great point. That's one thing we forget about with Lightning Lane. Regardless of whether you're getting access via Genie Plus or individual Lightning Lane access, you can only buy it, quote unquote, once. Um, so, you know, if you want to ride it twice, maybe the trick is to rope drop and then pay to ride it a second time. All right. So hopefully you've listened to the other episodes and a lot of this was review. If not, you can still go back to episode 196 or episode 193. A lot of the stuff in those episodes are still relevant. Um, So if you want more Genie Plus action, you can check those out. But we're going to close it off for here for our mega Genie Plus tips episode. Leslie, do you have a Disney do or don't to end us with? I sure do. And this is going to sound surprising coming from me, Joe. But I would say for now, don't buy Genie Plus for the length of your park ticket. There are still too many things that are in flux, like crowd levels and strategies changing, you know, what rides are becoming popular, you know, how much space Disney is allocating to Lightning Lane versus Standby. I don't think you know for a trip six months from now whether you're going to need Genie Plus for every park every day you know of course if you're going in a week (laughs) then maybe you're ready to add it to the length of ticket but i think it's a mistake to commit unless you just have a lot of money to burn in pre-paying for this right now i think you should wait and see how this this shakes out over the next couple months yeah we've talked many times in the past about how once you get past the fifth day of your disney tickets the incremental cost is really low well genie plus it's the same cost per day, no matter how many days you add it to. So that incremental cost remains the same. So you may not want to add it to your entire trip just because you can save money or buy those individual lightning lanes without it. Exactly. All right. So that is what we hope will cover Genie Plus for a good long while. If you have any other tips or tricks that we missed, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter or on Facebook and Instagram at DisneyDeciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We're looking forward to a super fun episode next week. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I'll see you morning the Genie Plus article that we had to burn and throw into the trash. Thanks, Joe. 